Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of History After Hours. My name is Kevin Pumphrey, and on this podcast, I am joined by Mr. Ron Franklin, Mrs. Emily Diedrich, and Mr. Lewis Jolly. We are four history teachers at Lakeside High School in beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas. We're recording this on December the 21st, 2023, and we basically are looking at our year in review. We're looking back at the year 2023 in terms of politics and entertainment and disasters, and then eventually we talk a little bit about Christmas. So with that, we hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, it's our end of the year. It is December 21st, and so it's our end of the year podcast. We're going to talk about different things. So first of all, I've got uh, three history teachers here looking at me. I make four, but uh, let's just go around the table here. Well, let's. how's it gone this year? Like, what, what's gone well? Any surprises? What's happening here? Surprises or bad surprises? That could be either one. Yeah, just whatever came out of the box. What were you saying? Oh, just like this year in general, personally, or the school year? School year. I mean, you can go into personal stuff if you'd like. But. Well, Nixon leaving has thrown a wrench in quite a few things. I oh, yeah, that was a little here. surprise. Nixon. So I'm looking forward to coming back and starting teaching an AP class for the first time, I guess. Nervous, excited, a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's going to be a big change. But, you know, you're up to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is they say history doesn't repeat, but this is the second time Nixon has resigned without warning. First one. 1974. You're the history team. You're the. You're I know, the you US think guy. I would you have that date this. ready to go, but yeah. um, Is that yeah, 50 so. years later. <laughs> oh, I wonder how the, da- I wonder how the I dates align. Do that math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever like do a moment of silence in the morning when they say you know we say the pledge morning? Um, do you just say oh Nixon? You ever just do that? Not yet, because <laughs> I'm in his room. Yeah, yeah. If he comes back, I got to oh, move true, all my yeah. stuff again. So I'm hoping he stays away. Nixon, stay away. Yeah, that was a tough one saying Nixon leave. Yeah. Just because he was he was the de facto voice for us well, in the he, meetings and the Johnny rooms politics, and did all I mean, the, so, yeah. the agendas and all that. Now I guess uh, Emily is taking up that mantle part time a little bit, yeah. forced well, to by out default. Of the, this is my third year here. Last year was the only year I didn't change in the middle of the year, like what I was teaching. Because my, fir- right? my first right. year here was when Shoebridge left at semester, right? And so I was moving around then. And so last year I added a class as my first year teaching advanced world. So it was a change. Was then. that because who did somebody leave there too? Was it because when Brooks left, did they switch no, something around when he left? I think the only reason we switched all that around was there was just a need for more advanced oh, okay. world. But I'm just saying like every year I've been here, I'm doing something new. That yeah. keeps you on your toes. It does. How many committees are you, have you now served <laughs> on? Um, I'm on, oh, I don't even know if the assessment team is a thing anymore. We haven't met in a while, but I'm on that. Culture Committee and Guiding Coalition. Three. Oh, to be a that's young it. teacher oh, again. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's good to be on at least one every now and then, just so yeah. they remember who you are. Were you ever a club sponsor? Oh, yeah. I did it all at one point. When I was at Bismarck, I did a lot. Like, junior sponsor, club sponsors. I did graduation, prom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like any of it. So, you know, as after teaching 15, 16 years and I came here, I just I was going to come in saying no to anything, any club, any because the thing about education is once you take it over, it's you kind of feel bad and it's hard to get rid of. Like it's something you take on for the rest of your career at that school. Um, <laughs> Were you ever like, why does prom have to be a thing? Yeah, oh yeah, are we over that? Yet? I said that when I was a coach, though. I didn't I didn't like any of those. Why events. do we still have prom? I'm just curious. Like, does it hold any kind of legitimacy at all? 
do, do the kids still really get into it? I mean, I don't know. Is it know. just like a rite of Not passage really. at this point? Yeah, I think it's a tradition that the, is it because the adults the want it, or we is it have, because the kids really want it? The the adults of the kids went through it, and it was important to them, and it was a big deal. So they still hold on to it. But what was I, the original I, premise of that? Is like just to yeah. promenade to to is it like some sort of other so uh, like southern tradition? We must walk in the park in our best clothes. I mean, what is what was the origination of? Prom? Yeah, I would. I, don't I even would know. I'm, I would say the fifties after World War II. I'm thinking a lot of this stuff was probably invented. Uh, for different reasons, you know, they, they have all these instructional videos. You can go on YouTube and look at them from the 50s of the government releasing videos on how, mm-hmm. how a boy should ask out a girl yeah, and the how PSAs. they were trying to teach Americans yes, how yes. to be very different from any place else. So I bet some of these traditions that we love were invented. Well, as I like wonder a, if some America. of those original like you know, 1950s, let's get the kids in the right track and be young patriots. I wonder if they would be really impressed with today's proms. Mm-hmm. Well, you had the USO dances that were popular then right. and went around. Oh, and yeah, maybe probably they, came from the military. And they maybe integrated that into civilian life as they came back, which, oh, you maybe. know, the military still have has uh, balls for their officers and their yeah. court. Okay. I don't even think it's just re- uh, restricted to officers. I think anyone can go. All right. But they uh, still have that Sometime tradition. between now and January, we're going to look up the history of prom. And make an argument of why it should not be a thing. Or I tell you what, I, I students that are listening to this, look up. Tell <laughs> us why. Yeah, mm-hmm. come tell us. Participation points. If you listen well, to my this. mind, just because of what I've been watching on Netflix, is all like these period pieces of girls being courted, getting married, and they did go promenade, like walk, and that's how they would visit with the person they were in a courtship uh, with. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if that just like translated into more modern America after like the 1800s. Hmm. hmm. Okay, well, so Nixon resigns. That's the big surprise of the year. Yeah, and you're Um, not on prom committee, so that's not a surprise. That's not shocking. (laughs) No, that's not shocking. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. That was that all. That going back to Nixon for a second. That hit us suddenly. You know. Yeah, it is a a big shift for the department. I think he had to do what he had to do. Um, Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, in the middle of the year, especially, it's like we got to make some serious adjustments. And so, yeah, you know, kudos to you for stepping up and. Trying to feel part of that role. Yeah, if you too. could get your law degree pretty quickly, that would be <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit law school for us. Go get a couple years summer. experience, come back, <laughs> dip your toes in, then leave again, and you'll, you'll be the next Nixon. Yeah, that's kind of one of my weaknesses is all the legalese that he knew. Well, um, fortunately, he still lets us text him. That's true. We're still on a text chain. So we get to a little insight. I, I started reading through some of it earlier today, but. What about what's good that's going on in the classroom? Um, We all have Promethean boards that are up and running. I have Wi-Fi. So I took Nixon's room. (laughs) I mean, he he, he wasn't even out the door before I was hanging stuff on his wall because he had the best classroom. And so I finally took it. And and having Wi-Fi... That was again because in my little, little room we didn't. It was it's, really tough. It's sketchy in my room. I, I I wish it was a little stronger. But the Promethean boards are nice. I yeah. do like that more than I thought. Especially of it, for art history. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's been the game changer because the because it's so crisp. The the pictures are really nice. I pushed back on that for a long time, and then I got I went somewhere to use a classroom for some reason. I can't remember why and the classroom had it. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing. And then I had to go kind of hat in hand and say yes please give me one please. i'll admit i was a jerk about it they came to me it's great you'll want one i said i don't want one I, mine works fine and maybe it's just like <laughs> okay so we just took about i don't know a seven minute break because of a bunch of bells and christmas music and right before we came back in 
the last thing we heard was, have you heard birds aren't real? <laughs> so let's just pick it up there. Can, All right. we, can, we, can you tell us okay, more so, about... Yeah, do you, okay, you okay, can't just I throw that like out there to, and not yeah, explain. Preface where I heard this conspiracy theory from. Me and my friends were at a music festival in Memphis. And this guy was passing out stickers that said, birds aren't real. And anyways, he explained the conspiracy theory of just... You give the, the bird. All, all the bird, <laughs> all the birds are owned by the government. They're spies, yes, and that's why yes. birds rest on power lines because they have to recharge. That they're like robotic spies. So our drone technology is outstanding, apparently. But is that guy related to the guy? We have a little difference in generational experiences here. But remember when you go to concerts and the guy used to try to get you to sign the petition to make marijuana legal, mm-hmm. and there was the counter-protester type person there say, don't sign the petition or you'll get put on the government's list. Uh, remember that? So it's, it's always the one. Oh, yeah. It's always that one. There's a segment that shows up at a musical festival where there are probably some pharmaceutical issues going on that has theories like that. So, I'm a, so all birds. I've never seen geese on a power line. I've never seen a hawk on a power line. I've seen, an them, on, I've seen them on top bird? of the power poles. No. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. maybe all birds is a reach, but I don't know. That's just part of the theory. And I've seen I it on like, TikTok before. Somebody... I bet the, some of the kids know about this, too. It's not okay. just a me thing. Okay. There are flightless birds. Well, that's uh, a shimmy up that pole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you, you, you maybe phrase it like powered. all birds is a reach. Like you may actually consider some birds maybe... Owned okay. by the government. But then that's vehicles. the thing is like, when Which you think birds? the government wouldn't, they would. Have uh, you ever heard that theory? Uh, yeah, no. That's a, no. If you think they won't, they if, are. Yeah. Well, just think of the spy planes that come out years later that they were developed in the 60s and the 70s and they're still still technologically advanced and we didn't know about them for decades. You know, maybe the birds and the drones is the next thing. I mean, there that's might what, be a bird. That's what took down Sully's plane. It was on purpose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, government the government was trying to... Now, have you seen speaking of fake things? And have you have you seen the fake tree in town? That's actually a radio antenna. Yeah, over there on an airport road. Yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not so hard to identify. Yeah, so it's you... true. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. If there are any birds in that tree, then they might be government owned. <laughs> I've never heard, I've never heard that. That's just weird to me. Yeah, you could fill up a podcast pretty easily on, on conspiracy, conspiracy theories. theories. We might just do. We were just talking time. about that earlier, right? Yeah. right. Don't want to mm-hmm. create too many conspiracy theorists out there, but. It's easy to do. I mean, this podcast yeah. is one of the reasons we have so many, because anybody can just share to the world, here's what I think, and you wow. go, you'll always have a few people believe it. Yeah, well, I think try- I took a big like nosedive into conspiracies during COVID when I stuck at home, Yeah, and just like deep dives on YouTube. How many did you believe? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm like tried and true to any of them, but some of them do make you think. Some of them then, piqued your curiosity? Yeah. Like the birds? Not are you, so, do you give like are you side eyeing birds as you drive down the road now? No, the, no, 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 no. Okay. The one that really like really piqued my interest, and now I think about it every time I watch a new movie, is that the Hollywood pushes propaganda into movies without us not really thinking about it or seeing it. It's just like desensitizing us to different events, so that when they're hap- when they happen in real life, we don't have as large of a reaction to them. Well, you know that's a that's an interesting thing you brought up because we were watching the trailer of that movie Mm -hmm. and i just read an article about that that i guess the new movie on netflix that's produced by leave the world behind Mm -hmm. and combined with this movie is preparing people for that event in case it happens is to desensitize it so that's an interesting theory but Mm -hmm. i mean hollywood and 
and the government has always used propaganda to. I'm, I'm yeah. not doubting there the is times, yeah. propaganda in movies, but are they all? I mean, I don't know. Like La La Land is some sort, some sort of like preparing us for all. You know, we're all going to be music theater aficionados. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the it, government I, wants I, us all to tap dance. They were preparing us to see Ryan Gosling and Barbie. <laughs> and so that's that was, what it was. That was the they were preparing us for yeah. the next. For him to be Ken. I think that's what it is. What what gets people's attention? What sells tickets? I think that's what they're more interested in than trying to prepare people for. You know. Like, think about when 2012 came along. How old were you in 2012? Did you see any of these pro- In 2012, 12? I was, no. <laughs> Sorry. I was in, like, eighth grade, maybe. Okay, so in 2012, when the world was ending because of the Mayan calendar, remember all the disaster movies that came out? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so it's marketing, I think. So now here we have, like, Civil War movies and prepare for the end. 2024 is bound to be some sort of, like, I would assume that there may be some controversial things happening because of the things surrounding the presidential election and all the heated debate that's going on right now and just the nonsense. And oh, the, I'm not the flag talking. So I wonder if that's like they're taking advantage of some of the amplified feelings in the country just to be able to sell yeah, Strike tickets. while the iron hot. Yeah, that's what that makes more yeah. sense to me yeah. than, uh, than let's condition you. Right, but maybe. I think part of both things are a little bit true. I think also that the writers and directors and, and in some cases producers are that they're artists and they're expressing how they view the world through their particular yeah. art form and it's just like a, a painting you know they may or a poem or a song and you don't always know the meaning of it but that's they're expressing their views on well i teach art history politics. and there's a there's a lot of that yeah. and you can watch the art reflect some of the turmoil that's going on in some of the times like we've, we've it, multiple things that we look at in throughout the year where the art is different and and turbulent and twisted and very emotional sometimes dark and brooding sometimes violent as a matter of fact refers back to what is happening in society at that time you can sort of piece those things together that's why art and history go so well together yeah. and money i mean you, you can also make more money if it's more relevant if people are thinking yeah yeah right anyway. yeah, yeah if your goal is you to sell, sell it, it yeah for sure Conspiracy. okay so um we, yeah we can let's just look back at 2023 and i'm going to give you a few political things first mm-hmm. which is the most shocking surprising or most important so, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, voted out after 15. So, there's number one. That's that's different. Uh, number two, Donald Trump indicted on criminal charges, 91 total criminal charges. And I guess you can lump in now the Colorado ban. And then number three, George Santos. Oh, maybe. Expelled. Yeah. Worldwide, King Charles ascended to the throne this year, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I think world history-wise, that's a probably important moment since Queen Elizabeth was queen forever but of those three in u.s politics which is the most shocking or important i would say that the the trump issue is the most important maybe not the most shocking i think a lot of people <laughs> saw something like that point. To occur the the santos thing i was it was nice to see that that crossed all aisles it wasn't just a political ideology thing it yeah. crossed the aisle but no the, one liked him <laughs> yeah no one liked him and everyone was, it was a problem i think kevin mccarthy is just a didn't he set himself up for he failure, He set himself though, up I mean, when, you, when you know you they don't want you in the first couple of elections. Why do you keep going was back? A record-setting 15 rounds to get him Yes, elected and the, the deals place. he had to make to get that set himself yeah. up to be ousted. You just knew it was only a matter of time. Yes, I don't know time. that I'm super surprised by that, but it's at the same time, it's unique, right? He's yeah. The, is he the only speaker to be removed like that? I don't remember. Um, I'd have to ask Nixon. He's not here. Or, I think so, yes. yes I think that yes. was history. Okay. I mean, I think it was 18-something when a speaker was removed, but... So modern day. Yeah. But it is kind of... I do think 2024 is going to be a banger of a year <laughs> politically. Yeah. I, I, as much as shocking as this might seem now, here comes the presidential election next year, and I think it's just going to be 
one thing after another. With There's that. no chance that Biden's not going to be the nominee unless he dies, right? Looks like that way. There's no chance that Trump is not going to be the nominee unless he dies, right? Well, he's a li- it's a little more complicated because if, he, if, if this ballot thing goes to the Supreme Court and they figure out a way to prove it, it could apply to other states. And then, or it, he ends up in prison, and then there's another question. Can you be a president from federal prison? Apparently you can. How, how many how many? He's got to do a lot with that one phone call. <laughs> I mean, with, yeah, with the electoral votes, it has to be very, very specific states that he would have to be banned from. I mean, like Colorado, he lost Colorado anyway. So was he going to win it anyway? Probably not. So we're, what, we're, what are the other states? I was that, trying to look up the thing a while yeah. ago about the number of states that are actually challenging his eligibility for the election. And one of the states that I saw on the list was Virginia. And that's, I mean, that's a that's a go-to kind of... Yeah, he carried uh, there's Virginia. a lot of electorals there. I can't, but I can't think of the other ones. But so like 14 other states, especially if this Supreme Court now rolls in the direction of Colorado's Supreme Court, then... That opens the door for other states to go ahead and pull that trigger too. And, yeah. But I don't know that that's we I, we and I talked about this a little earlier. Like I don't know. Do you think this is a wise strategy for states that want to keep him off, Republican or Democratic, either one? And I say this like this: the people who banned him there in Colorado were Republicans. Right. Th- that that's a narrative that doesn't pop up on the news cycle. I don't know why, but Republicans challenged his eligibility, and then. A mostly Republican Supreme Court in Colorado agreed with those guys in their lawsuit and banned him from the from being eligible. So it's not a Democratic conspiracy, but it may be. Are the Republicans trying to figure out a way to keep this guy off the ballot too? To is there is that something yeah. at work, or is it just state? First by of state? all, isn't this kind of based? It's based on the Fourteenth Amendment after the Civil War. Has he been officially indicted of in, inciting that riot on January sixth? You know, you know, I read indicted, but there like, there indicted, was but not convicted. There right. was a but you don't have to ruling. be. It doesn't seem to be. There was a ruling somewhere that said yes, he was responsible. I can't remember the context. I was trying to read the court decision and. I I get really bogged down in those things because I'm not a legal yeah. expert, obviously. But, you know, he was, I wouldn't say found guilty, but there was a ruling that deemed him responsible for because of his statements and actions on January 6th. And so they used that. Another state had said, no, that does not disqualify him. And while Colorado took the stance that it did. Yeah, I think there's been two or three other states that already said no. Yeah, that already said no. And so, Colorado was first place. And, I, and I don't, I'm not sure. I know Republicans brought the suit initially. I, I think the, the Supreme Court was four to three Democrat Republicans, with Republicans was the dissenting opinion on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say for sure. So Yeah, I, I don't But really, it was interesting. I was surprised when I read it that the complainants were uh, Republicans. But it's not going to hurt him. Like Trump's, no, it will Trump's never him. been hurt by anything. The only thing he might might help him. I mean, so I don't think there's anything that can happen that will lose right, so his grip on thirty percent or whatever. Here here's some of the states. Michigan, the states that are attempting to block his, his eligibility. Michigan, Minnesota, Oregon, Wisconsin, Virginia. New Mexico, New York, um, that's just the ones that I have listed here. Yeah, I mean, the swing states are the only ones that matter. What are the three or four states that could go either way? If they block him and it actually sticks, then that would hurt him. Well, I think what we'll find is the Supreme Court rules in favor of the Colorado Supreme Court. Everything will now get bogged down in similar type of lawsuits. 
Oh, and how long do you have to stay put on <laughs> if, if they sue? How long does it get? You know, you might see more than those 14. Right, what do you think about the argument that, because that, I've heard Chris Christie say this, uh, a couple of the Republican candidates say that we, sh- you know, courts shouldn't decide whether or not Trump could be president. The people should decide whether or not Trump could be president. Yeah, what do you I, think about I that argument? I agree with that. And, you know, you brought up Chris Christie, and he's probably been the most vocal opponent of Trump on the Republican debate stage. He's mm-hmm. been really vocal about his disdain for Trump and his dislike for what happened. And he, he even came out and said, it's up to the voters. We should not be doing it. And, and that's what, when we were discussing earlier, I said my initial reaction was that sounds like a banana republic move that would happen. You know, why? That just emboldens everything he is saying now. I think it makes it stronger it's, amongst his own supporters right. already, it, though, it, and maybe gives him some yes. extras. Or maybe amplifies the, the, the anger that they already feel for his anger is their anger, basically. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this is a gift in a weird way. This strengthens his campaign. It strengthens his support and his base. Because it's proof, if you will, quote unquote, proof that the state's out to get him, the deep state, the elites. You don't want me running because they know that I'm here for you and they're against me. So therefore they're against you and they're, you know, and I'm willing to be your savior. The Republicans traditionally have been the party that will scream state rights. The people should choose in each state what they want. So this gives them another reason to say that. Um, I think it's going to help him just like everything's. Seems to help him. Yes, All controversy seems to Nothing really help him. hurts him. All controversy seems to add more attention. And well, it just doesn't hurt him. His, his numbers have never been great. They, they always hover well below 50%, but they, they don't really move. I mean, so Trump has his base. But nobody's even close to him, though, on that. Not on that side. Yeah. I mean, and the problem is, of <laughs> course, the Democrats have no energetic. You know, it was Hillary. Now it's Biden. I mean, Biden was lucky, I guess, to beat him the first time. You know, nostalgia is a thing. And there's going to be a lot of people that's going to flip back Trump just because they're not happy. They're still not happy with their life. Biden's been president for three and a half years now, so they'll, they'll flip back. I don't know. I mean, you know, next year, I'm just not even, I'm just so exhausted already thinking about <laughs> next year. As a U.S. history teacher, it's like, how much time do, in class do I devote to even talking about this stuff? Harken back to 2015. Uh, <laughs> normalcy. Before all of this really got going. That's yeah. what I was thinking about. It's like politically nothing shocks me anymore. But from That's the time because Hollywood's I could, conditioned you no, to not no, be no, shocked. No. <laughs> from the time I could even really, the first time I voted was uh, Biden versus Trump, but I missed the Trump Hillary election by a month. So I was been a senior in high school, and I mean, just that. That's I guess when I was really in the conscious state of understanding what was happening for the first time. So I've never not really known a world without Trump in mm. the in the topic of conversation. Yeah. I mean, so. he was just a joke. Every even Republican, everybody thought he was a joke for yeah. a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But there was this swell. This groundswell in 2015 that just started bubbling. And by the time they had the first debate, even though still all the mainstream Republicans couldn't stand him, all the people that love him, that Ted Cruz. And they all trashed him openly. They trashed him openly. He's a joke. He's a clown. He's he's vile. Then he was in the middle of that stage, and they had to deal with him, and they couldn't. And then they had to bow down to him, which they did. Yeah, that was kind of the feeling. I mean, we're in high school, 17, 18 years old, talking about it. It's like, oh, there's no way. There's no way he's going to get it. And then we're all sitting there. We said that. We said in this very room and said that. In this very room, I think Landry. He was in here. We laughed. Yes. We said, nah, you, you Hillary's got it. go back and watch you ain't the, laughing clip, now. the clips of when they called the election mm. for Trump. Everybody from Fox News to CNN, is on both sides of the political yeah. spectrum, everyone was just shocked. Mm. And, and maybe the Everybody greatest was political... their blue ties. Give me a red tie. Give red you know, the greatest, poli- is that one of the greatest political upsets? Maybe. Oh, yes. I, mean, I can't That's for sure, because you thought for sure. But when when a lot of people were tired of what they saw as 
Hillary and all the, the controversies. He, I mean, it was a great campaign strategy to yeah. attack the elites. And yes. I'm an outsider. I've, I'm not even in politics. It's these people, you know, which is insane. It's been, it's been done. It's been done in other countries. Yeah. I'm all a right. hero. No, dude, but I remember that. It was about nine o'clock that night, and I just felt the momentum. I, I turned it off. I was like, Trump wins. And I I, te- I actually texted you and a couple of other people. It's like nine o'clock that night, Trump wins. And I went to bed, and next morning, I knew. I already knew. Nobody yeah. had called anything, but I just knew it. I felt that momentum shift somewhere in the middle, like eight, between seven o'clock and nine o'clock. I'm like, it's over, man. It's freaking over. It's historic. And then you said you woke up thinking that- I went to bed early. I was like, well, I'm not going to stay up here and- it's like watching the draft. Yeah. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't watch this. So you, so it, what I'm saying is, it surprised I you. Opened when you my woke phone up. to Donald Trump's face, and I went, "What is this?" A and I just assumed it was, you know, somebody joking, and because whatever news site I clicked on, and I was like, "What is happening?" And you know, it took it took months, it took years to really wrap your mind around it because we'd never had somebody with a celebrity with no experience in the military, no, no experience politics. in politics. Yeah. No elected position. Just go and look. It's part of what makes America great, right? <laughs> I shouldn't say <laughs> again. Uh, but if anybody again. could be, you know, I mean, now you do need to be a billionaire. It helps uh, if you want to become president. But you, don't you want to talk about to somebody who has, and I don't, I don't want to spend all of this time on talking about Trump. But think about the whether you love him or hate him, the brilliance of keeping your name in the forefront of the news cycle for years running. He's in the news every day. Since 2015, since he announced his candidacy, he has been on the news multiple times a day, every he day. He just knows how every day. Branding. Well, and, and, yeah, and so branding, that's but that's brilliant in its own way. He will... he was <laughs> a, a real estate developer with air quotes, I guess. But for somehow for some reason, he was seen as given a celebrity status within the nation far before the time he, ran he had money because he had money. But so does a lot of other people. But that that goes back to your statement the the strategy that he's always employed to. He sells himself sells well. himself larger than life character yeah, no yeah. matter what he does. Never underestimate somebody who overestimates themselves. That is a quote from history. I don't know who said it, but I like it. Like and it. I think it applies here. And I think he was definitely underestimated. Anyway, so All I'm right. sorry that you don't know a world before. Yeah. <laughs> All of this, yeah. All right, so that's politics. Once again, politics next year is going to be way crazier. Uh, entertainment. Let's. I don't have y'all seen these movies. Top three movies, grossing movies, 2023. I bet you can guess. Barbie. Barbie. Number one. Top Gun Maverick. Oppenheimer. Or what Avatar. I read. Now I could have bad information. Super Mario Brothers. Oh. Was third. I haven't seen it. But. I, 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 that my, would make kind of sense. I've seen one out of the three. I've got a four-year-old granddaughter. She loves that movie, and I like it, too. Like I, I was like, this is a really good we movie. We yeah, haven't got around to watching Mario Brothers with the granddaughters, but I'm sure we will. Watched Oppenheimer for the first time I've not seen last Oppenheimer. Week. Oppenheimer was okay. I liked it. Did you see the Barbie movie? No, I did not. No. I've seen Barbie. I've heard it's good. I thought Barbie was great. (laughs) Let me just say that. But also... Great in what way? Ways, maybe. Okay. One, it's like a nostalgic, like childhood thing. But then... Social commentary? As the age, like social commentary, it's very poetic almost. And like a coming of age kind of thing. Social commentary. Social commentary, feminist commentary kind of things. Very pink, right? Uh, Yeah. As Had I watched it as a teenager, I probably wouldn't have picked up on a lot of things I do now. Mm -hmm. And I think even older women... Women, middle-aged, even just like older 70s are going to pick up a lot of different things from it too because it addresses a lot of different age aspects for women. Mm. And I've read an article about there's one scene in the movie where Barbie sits down with this older woman on a bench and just like has a what is life conversation. And one of the producers or directors was like, oh, we need to cut it. Like that doesn't make much sense. And that one scene is just like so pivotal to like the entire movie. And 
the one of the main people and it was like i'm we're not doing the movie if that scene's not in it <laughs> and i think it was super important because it's just the mm. what is live question okay. a lot deeper than you would probably think for barbie yeah so it's subtle irony um a little bit yes it's i you go through every phase of emotion I did at least. There was you were crying, you were laughing, and then you were like, uh, "It's just everything." Everybody was sad when GI Joe got drafted, and no, <laughs> was okay. GI Joe in the movie? I don't, I don't remember GI Joe. I'm starting to think of the, other the full size GI Joe versus <laughs> the, the full size yeah. GI Joe with lifelike hair, kung fu grip, and a dog tag. If you pulled it, he That's said right. cool things. It was a Vietnam era yes. thing. Yeah. yeah. One of the, one of the funny things, and a lot of commentary on about Charlie social media surf. was on it, is that. There's like this universal experience as a girl or as a woman that everyone experiences it at least once in their life. And they show it in the movie so well. And it's all the kins just singing guitar at the Barbies. And it's like every girl at some point in their life has been with a guy and they're like, I'm going to sing to you. And it's just you're trapped. It's <laughs> like this one guy playing guitar <laughs> singing right so at you. So I got to know, when did this happen yeah, to you? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is what you I gotta, right. uh, mine, spill that tea. That, oh, that happened to me in high school. Really? A guy singing at me. I'm I've never seen that guitar, happen in life. Well, yeah. One of my so favorite real, movies of all time. Uh, I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah. Have you seen Animal House? <laughs> I've heard yeah. of it. I've never seen it. The favorite scene where he smashes yeah, the yeah. guitar on the Belushi. wall because yeah. of that. It's like that's, that would be my I response if I saw someone do that. That's chicken. That's cringe. <laughs> I think is what it's called. Right? Yeah. Have you cringe. never seen it? You no. kind of. You've never seen Animal. You've House? never seen Alva? Oh yeah. So, see, I thought okay. you were talking okay. about Barbie. I was like, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen Animal. House. Uh, it's kind of requirement. We're going to give you a list of things to watch. Okay. We're going to change your life. Your homework assignment for the home. Yeah, was a break. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not against AP Gov. Movies, <laughs> pop cultural references. I'm not against watching the Barbie movie though. It's, I mean, I've, I have heard from several people that it's really good. So, is yeah. it is it different? Do you think from a female's pr- perspective, watching that yes. movie, the messages? Yes. Well, is and it also, is it was it made directed in? Yeah, it was, was produced it? by women. Made, I was gonna say, directed yeah, by women. Okay, yeah. okay. A lot of like stir about it too is a lot of people took young girls to go see it. It was I think PG-13, but people just associated Barbie. Oh, it's okay for uh, young girls necessarily in if, it. And the themes were a little heavier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, LeBron James broke the NBA all-time leading scoring record. That's important to me because Kareem <laughs> had it for years and years and years. He's been around for a long time. Is I that, think he's waiting that, on his son. Does to that make him the greatest then? Oh, LeBron James. Uh, does no. longevity make you the greatest in something like that? Because that's the reason. How, how long, long he held the well, record? You mean? Yeah, I mean, if, or no? How long he was? It's like Cal Ripken being the best baseball. Player. I mean, are we? Are exactly. you going to have the LeBron MJ debate? I mean, to me, it's not a debate. Like MJ, <laughs> by most calculations that I've seen, he's still considered great. If you're going to goat somebody, that's. Mm. But you know, they're different players too, and they're different eras. I mean, I mean, LeBron would be LeBron in any era, but could he beat Michael when MJ was like Michael on. Jackson? Probably not Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet he can't move. Although, walk. yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen his his game? Now he does walk quite a bit. That's true. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Wouldn't it be cool though to be able to have like the greatest of whatever eras, and then have them in their prime? And maybe an AI can do that for us. Maybe that's an AI thing in the waiting. I would think because they already do it with, with base huh? level video games. You can play the greats on with different modes and stuff. That would be it. Isn't that what the Rocky movie was about that came out? The Rocky Six, when he, the last Rocky movie, is where there, it was a it was a computer simulation, and that he would defeat the current champ, and that's what sparked lit the, the whole fire. Oh, I don't right. remember. Yeah, it was. It was. So there's other things. Uh, 
Taylor Swift. I was waiting on that one. Broke all the attendance <laughs> records basically for every stadium across the country. Is and Beyonce, too. Was except right for the Los him. Angeles Forum, Metallica broke the record of Taylor Swift. So there's still hope. For <laughs> still rock. <laughs> there's still some rock out there. So, so this brings up my, my question. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me back up. So, so what about <laughs> Dolly Parton's rock album? Have you heard any of it? Oh, yes. It's fun. I, I'd listen to some of it today. It, it's, it's a fun album. It's brash. Yeah, I like it just because I like parts of it. Yeah, I like it until she gets twangy with some of the music that I don't think should be. But that's just her. It's yeah. her take on it. But she's. But I'll tell you what. I don't know how old is she now. S- Late seventies, right? Seventy six. She could still run for president. Can, <laughs> <laughs> her voice is still strong, man. Like she hit some things. I was listening to her uh, her Stairway to Heaven cover on that album, and she hits it. Yeah, like it's. I mean, there's saying there's. I haven't heard the whole album. I just wondered. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't. So I, well, I've been. So thinking she's rock like, now because she's know, in the rock. Hall, Royal Hall of Fame. We talk about the greatest, you know, Elvis is up there and, and Michael Jordan, I mean Jackson, is up there. Prince is, you know, he's in the comic. Like, there's a lot of these greats, but when you talk about female solo artists, you know, Aretha Franklin is kind of, but she's more known as this, a singer, like the, I don't know that she would sell out. Madonna, mm-hmm. Cher, Tina Turner, Dolly Parton, yeah, Tina, Tina Turner. Turner. But man, Taylor Swift and Beyonce, as, as far as like recent female, like, I mean, Beyonce's a little bit older and has has a longer career, but that's, they're probably top of I've the I've always game, had though. Beyonce in the conversation but now taylor swift has got well be part you know of if you look up the top number of top singles and albums sold and stuff you know rihanna is in that conversation oh, that's true, yeah. she has many records that only people like in the, the u.s or around the world what are you talking about think in the u.s okay. so she's tons of hits and tons you of know hits. besides you know only people that are up there with her are like beatles and michael jackson and some elvis and she's her name is scattered amongst those groups okay well. i try to think about like staying power i'm though. trying to think i just saw something not too long ago about taylor swift broke one of elvis's records recently most like a song being in the top Whatever for so long, I can't remember. Oh yeah, or the, or the or the great the highest number of songs in the top 100 at the same time, I or something like that. All her songs are in the top. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And I really think that's part of like her strategy of what all she's doing of re-releasing. You're afraid that she's going to oversaturate herself and people are going to get tired of her and abandon um, the whole Swift brand. Some people maybe. I, have, I don't know. I really don't consider myself as diehard of a Swifty as. Some people are. Like Nixon, who left us. He's going to enjoy this part of the podcast. <laughs> um, He's probably listening to some Taylor Swift right now. But I think she, either she herself is very smart. I believe that she's smart. And she yeah. surrounds herself with smart people. And she's making smart career decisions and business well, yeah, decisions. Yeah. But what, you, what, what my, you might do is take a hiatus for a while yeah, to get and, out of the public. And and she, my point is, might. you can't, just like I said a while ago with Trump, in the news every single day, like Taylor Swift has gotten to that point where she's, somebody says something about Taylor yeah. Swift every single well, day. And I are wonder, starting to get mad that she, I wonder, she's Saturating sports. I know. I was Can't just go anywhere without overexposure. Could be a thing, though. I mean, mm-hmm. especially for an entertainer, strictly. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people will be like turned off by that eventually. It's but like, she eh. did. Go, I mean, I, I think she knows how to play that. Or is I it bet. the reinventing of herself every time she and does something? That's what I'm waiting. Yeah. What is right. the next version? She's done the pop thing. She's done the folk thing. She did well, kind of start off as a country singer songwriter. You want me to tell you the theories of what's going to come next in the Taylor Swift world? Moving on to the <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I mean, really, there's if she's just re-recording her albums next sensibly would be reputation which is more of her kanye era when you know kanye interrupted her at the music awards and all that kind of stuff but then there's some people believe there's a whole brand new album that no one knows about that's going to come out and so so is she going to go the when you say reputation she's going to go the the youtube bono route to be a global voice for something as a advocate of mm-hmm. political she's already 
I mean, like get out the vote type stuff. Yeah, she's like, very vocal yeah. when it comes to voting. But has she taken on a controversial stance? Yeah. I don't, I don't think she's really ever done that, not to my knowledge. Hmm. But reputation was more of a, for lack of better words, a middle finger to everybody that ever did her wrong. <laughs> oh, that type of get mm-hmm. back. Okay, I might enjoy that. That's... It is a little bit more rockish. I'm not going to say rock, but maybe not as poppy. So right, well, well, she picks on Kanye. He's a he's a deserving target these days. So <laughs> I, my vote is <laughs> go for it. So I, I've got other things on the list that we could talk about. Yeah. Some of them are Hit disasters. Them I don't know if we even want to go. <laughs> but this is the year, you know, the deep sea submersible exploded. Oh, that was, God. Yeah, the joystick submersible. That, so that was a news story. And then, the, of course, the horrific Hawaii fire yeah. in Maui. You know, what's what's depressing about that is how, how fast that left our news cycle. Mm-hmm. How little money they're getting from our federal oh, government. Still, yeah. Like $721 per person is the last number I saw. Isn't that the legal limit, though? Yeah, but should we do more? I don't even, yeah, I'm not I, saying I don't, should or yeah, would. I'm just yeah. saying it. I don't, I don't know. Is there a legal That's what limit I heard. For some of that? Well, for certain people. Because Biden caught a lot of flack with some groups about he only sent this much money. But what I read was that was all he was legally allowed to be able to donate because of his position. I don't know exactly the nuances yeah. of that story, but that's what I saw. I just I'm sure that they would take. But in the States, he could declare a national emergency and get a lot more done. And but there's some you know Hawaii is way over there, just like Puerto Rico is kind of down there, and out of sight, out of mind. Treated a little differently. I don't know that it's that because I mean, yeah, he declared national emergency for that fire. I mean, I know that's one island, and maybe would they get? I mean, I think you would have to. Probably a lot to that. I'm just Uh, guessing because a lot of times there's emergencies declared. Federal that's what emergency management came, but I don't know to what extent. Yeah. Well, the uh, the governor of the state did say that they were getting what they needed, though. Okay. Well, but that but you're right. It left the news cycle pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, well, that's America for you, right? The Russia-Ukraine is a good example of we have. Our- I had a kid ask me the other day: Is Russia and Ukraine still a thing? Uh, uh, yes, it is. Just because they stopped talking about it doesn't mean it's over. And of course, lately the Israel-Hamas horrible conflict is still raging. So yeah. that's this year. Let's talk just for a moment about Chat GPT. Just has that affected y'all's classrooms this year that you're aware mm-hmm. of? I just had someone ask me about a student using it to write a paper, but it hadn't seemed to be as big of a problem. Or maybe the kids are really sophisticated on how they hide it. I don't know. Anybody? I think in my classroom, I've just kind of adapted to it. Mm. It's kind of obvious, you know, when kids use it. Your vocabulary yeah. changes. You start sounding a bit more educated. Um, it's also kind of flat too. Like there's no yeah. personality to it. That's one of the giveaways. I can tell mine aren't. Now I make them right in front of me. So yeah, yeah. But I don't. I, you big... know. But here's the thing. I don't. If if I don't mind them using that as a study tool, if they can verify everything that's in there with some other resource. Because it could it could draw from bad information as well. It could mm-hmm. be saying all kinds of crazy things if they if they don't read through it and understand this part's problematic, this part's problematic. But yeah, but they write in real time in front of us, and so that can't use it the way that you know if you were typing a paper and turning it in somewhere else like that could be something I guess. Yeah. yeah. Let me read you the fastest growing jobs and fastest declining jobs and see if you can make a link here. Mm-hmm. So fastest growing jobs: AI and machine learning specialists, sustainability specialists, business intelligence analysis, information security analysis. So that's the there, there is one thing agricultural equipment operators are in the top 10 but most of them are just digital robotic engineers etc mm-hmm. top 10 fastest declining jobs 
bank tellers and related clerks, postal service clerks, cashiers and ticket clerks, data entry clerks, people that do secretarial type work that a computer can do. So, you know, I mean, we need to be, the problem is that as teachers, we got to know this stuff because we're Teachers are not on that list. I would have assumed that. Um, Legislators and officials are on the list. Mm. Uh, Door-to-door salesmen, accounting, bookkeeping, payroll. Most of it's just secretarial type stuff. I don't see teachers anymore. Clerical. Administrative and executive secretaries. Something interesting I thought about when you read that is, because I know a lot of people moving to virtual assistants, and that doesn't even mean like AI. It's just so much cheaper for them to hire someone somewhere in Southeast Asia, Asia, and pay $7 an hour for that virtual assistant compared to paying minimum wage here. Mm-hmm. So Well, because you, you, that person can carry the load. For multiple executives or bosses or however you want to say it, it all it's it's all back to the correlation is how technology has driven these jobs and made them into different things and you know like the the first one was bank teller and related and, clerks and related clerks you know how many how many people use online banking now. I was written a check last weekend and all I did was take a picture on my phone on my banking app and it was deposited yeah, and I didn't have to too. go to a physical location. So that, you know, the digital age, I'm sure societies went through this with the industrial revolution. How do you adapt and what do you create, you know, more factory jobs to make the, the equipment instead of everyone working in a field, you know, that will be what it turns into. There will be jobs created yeah. that, you know, we've adjusted. My, my fear, it hasn't come true and it looks like it might not for a while, but when driverless cars become safe, effective, and all that, that's, they're definitely that's the not number safe one. And effective right now. They're not right now, and maybe they maybe they can't. Maybe you just can't. Right? Well, I don't want to say never, but that would be something that would shift our entire economy. And who knows what could happen when you have that? Because that's the number one job basically in America for men between the ages of thirty-five and fifty-five. It's driving, mm-hmm. driving UPS, FedEx, mm-hmm. big trucks, and like if if that got outsourced to computers, robots, or whatever, that, that that would be a big shift. But I think we can adjust to a lot of this. But students need to know, hey, look at the career you want and make sure a robot can't do it in, in the next 10 years. You, you know? said accounting was on that list of things to go away? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Um, all right, well, we got about five, six minutes left. Let's end with something. Have a holly jolly. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, Christmas. How, what's, how, what's Christmas like at y'all's neck of the woods? Well, I run Christmas. I want to say I run Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what we were talking about earlier, what is the appropriate time to buy yourself something before Christmas? So you don't ruin mm. what people are buying you? I bought something that I thought my wife would never buy me, ever. And she was so proud of herself because she thought to herself, he would never think I would buy this. (laughs) And so about a week ago, we're sitting there, and she finally went to the Christmas tree, grabbed a present, said, I need you to open this. And I thought, okay. So I opened it, it was my gift, and she goes, you bought one of those. It's like, yes, I did. You know, she was. Is it one of those things where it's cool to have two of them? It was. It's cool to have one of them. Unnecessary to have two of them. <laughs> so, so, and she was like, "I'm well because I bought it. I didn't ruin Christmas, but fortunately, the company had a 30 day return policy. It was a it was a custom knife, and we were outside. Both of us bought it, and we were both outside of the return policy. And luckily, Ooh. she wrote, she emailed the company and said, "Look, I bought this for a gift. My husband, <laughs> with probably a few colorful adjectives, bought this gift. Please let me return it because it, it's it's 
Well, it's not super expensive, but custom knives do cost a little bit of money. Did you oh, return yeah. the one you bought or the one she bought? Uh-oh. She she <laughs> let me pick because they were two different <laughs> blade styles. Okay. And if you know anything about custom knives, they drop and it's hard to get at times. And I was amazed that we both got one. But she was able to return it. But now I've put her in a bind. Mm. She goes, now I have to find you a new present. And it's not going to be as good as this one. Mm. Maybe the gift of forgiveness. I felt... And I usually don't feel terrible about such things, but I felt terrible because it was such it it, it was it, it was yeah. so totally out of a character for her. It was going to be truly be a, a surprise for this gift, yeah. and I I ruined that moment for her. Hmm. But luckily, she is a forgiving. You are morphing into the same person. Yeah. You've been married long enough now. Where yeah. so <laughs> the so when should you stop buying for yourself? Joke. July. My wife starts shopping in July, so I just my family's late shoppers. So yeah. in December, just don't buy yourself anything. Somewhere in March, you get. <laughs> but my problem is, is my birthday is relatively close to Christmas, and so my entire life it's been duplicates. People will get me the same thing for birthday and Christmas, oh, and no. nobody coordinated. We and... settled any time after October, November one. No buying of anything unless it's a necessity, mm-hmm. and you need to communicate that. Very quickly. <laughs> well, our Christmas is just, I mean, since our granddaughter's been born, it's just really focused on her and our, her birthday is December 31st. And so now you kind of, like you said, yours is close. So we got to separate those two things out. But we've convinced her, she's almost four, we've convinced her that all of the fireworks and all the celebrations are for her <laughs> on New Year's Eve. So that's kind of a fun little thing. We'll see how long we can keep that going. Yeah. But yeah, so it's cool. That's It's, it's fun to have a little kid around well that's the thing is like christmas is great till you're about 16 17 and then it just becomes boring and a nuisance i mean you still like getting gifts but you don't want to do anything else and then you have a kid and it brings back that fun again Mm -hmm. christmas magic Mm -hmm. the christmas it it really does yeah they they get so excited and you know yeah you know and we decided this year that we're going to have to open because now we have three little ones little three grandchildren and last year we looked around and realized no one saw what anything opened because it was so chaotic. So now we're putting a children first. Yeah. No, we've always and had that going, sort of strategy. Going, yeah. We when when my wife and I first got together, but so we'd have like combined family Christmases or whatever, and we would and they would they would just rip through. But people one year several people lost in the collection of the paper afterwards, lost a couple of gifts that were pretty. Hard to replace, basically, and so we've all since that time we've always been okay. It's you take we take turns. We just it takes a little longer, but we take turns. No, and then we, my wife is that you way. get to appreciate yeah. that. We get to appreciate you appreciating that, and move on to the next person. So we get the three kids, and my wife will take a picture as they open each gift. <laughs> and of course, I'm the dad with the garbage sack. I'm already <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 come here, give me that bow. Are we yeah. keeping the bows? You know, you got to make that decision. Yep. Only the pretty ones. Yeah, yeah, but we don't do the we don't do the the feeding frenzy anymore because of that. Yeah, we we're we're implementing that policy this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, we don't want to miss it. Yeah, that's true. Especially I, enjoy, I enjoy giving a gift as much as I want to see people's reaction to things. Yeah, ones. right. Yeah, that's what I'm most excited about Christmas this year. Is I feel like I'm finally like reached actual adulthood. I'm actually buying people nice gifts, <laughs> and so I'm excited to see everyone's reaction to what I got them. And they're they're thoughtful too. They're not just like, oh, I bought you the newest pair of shoes or whatever it is. So I'm excited for that. But it's also weird that it's me, my siblings, my cousins. We're all in our 20s now. Nobody's had kids. It's just. Yeah. We're all adults. So my family's also terrible at planning. It's how Christmas is what, five days away now and less than that maybe. We have no idea what we're doing. 
should start the meeting. Do y'all do, do y'all like share the Amazon wish list or do you, how do you let people know what you want? We do wish lists and at times it's helpful. And at yeah. other times I, I buy a few things off wish list and then I have a little thing I do. I'll go downtown and I'll walk around downtown hot springs for a few hours and just find stuff I think people would like. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I like spending money locally anyway, but I, I try to get some unique things, and then maybe some stuff off the wish list, but sometimes I struggle with making a wish list. I'm like, am I just putting stuff on there just yeah. to give yeah. stuff people to buy me instead of, ah, eh, yes and, and This no. is my first year. I've never, like, made a Christmas list. I told my mom, I was like, there's nothing I need, and so I don't know what to put on it at this point. It would right, be once. Yeah. And so it's all going to be a surprise. That's the hardest thing as an adult at Christmas, buying for other people who are also now adults. You're like, what do you need? I don't know. And I'm I'm bad about that too. We do the Dirty Santa thing for a lot of the circles. You just buy. Mm -hmm. I buy something I like. That's what happens. Hopefully get it back. Yes. And you buy something you want and your wife gets it for Christmas and you run Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle Full circle. Well, like maybe she'll maybe she'll go easy on you though. Oh, she is, of course, <laughs> of course. She she forgave me and maybe because she's taken tomorrow off to shop. And Would it have been worse if she was mad or sad? I think the, the, she it, she was kind of disappointed because she she had put a she was so <laughs> pumped that she, that was the worst part. She was disappointed because she was so excited that she. Oh, pulled yeah. it off because mm-hmm. these knives are so hard to get. She said, I can't believe I got one because you talked about it. And now you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck getting her a gift. All right. You guys singing any Christmas songs? Eh? You, you, uh, you, you going to be touring around? We did a Christmas party a couple of weeks ago. We just got New Year's and stuff like that coming up. So, yeah, right. I'm just family time. We're Hey, and this is nearly our last day of school. So, yep, yep. If, you know, will everybody out there, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Woo.